minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Hey, 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 here we are on the Anarchist World this week. My name is Joseph Scar. I'm hosting today's program. You wonder what Anarchy is all about? No, it's not about chaos. It's not about being aspirational, although you can aspire to other things than money. Anarchos, from the Greek, without rulers, not without rules. So the project for Anarchists is how do you create a sustainable community without rulers? Rulers, And the best way that I know, and this is not an original idea, obviously, we only have one original idea in our lifetime, is devolving power. And you devolve power, you can devolve power through direct democratic processes. And and what's a direct democratic process? Big word. It means the people involved in a decision make that decision and then elect or appoint delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and federal level, society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. So boring old ideas. If you want to be a billionaire, this is not the program for you. If you're a religious fundamentalist of any type, this is not the program for you. We don't take our orders from masters or gods, okay? We create our own reality. Now, for those of you who are interested, and I'm sure most of you aren't, the radio station that 3CR, sorry, the radio station that the uh, takes up uh, the Anarchist World this week on the Community Radio Network is uh, 3CR in Melbourne. And obviously this radio station is one of the many radio stations, over 150, which are affiliated to the Community Radio Network and each has its own way of surviving because surviving as a community radio station is very difficult. Now, Community Radio 3CR... Uh, uses a radio phone every year to attempt to survive. And not only survive, but prosper. Because community radio station 3CR is not dependent on government grants, corporations or advertising, so it is dependent on its listeners. And now, the Anarchist World this week has been broadcast from the studios of community radio 3CR since... 1977, 41 years of continuous broadcast on the Community Radio Network for almost 15 years. Now, I am trying to raise $11,300 for Community Radio 3CR. And currently we have $9,696.71. Don't ask me where the 71 cents came from, pledged. It'd be nice to get to a four-figure number. Now, I think I'm worth more than $9,696.71. So if you'd like to make a donation to Community Radio 3CR, 
You can ring right now on 039 419 8377 or go to the website and have a look how to donate. But obviously the Anarchist World this week is broadcast courtesy of the Community Radio Network, courtesy of Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne. That's the end of the paid advertising. Well, not it's not paid advertising because I've never actually been paid a cent in my life. It's that simple. For broadcasting, I do it as a labour of love. And people say, why do you bother, Joe? Why do you bother? I'll tell you why I bother. Because I do believe in the power of one. I do believe that change is possible, change is desirable, and that hope, the love child of desire and expectation, is essential to cushion the misfortunes of human existence. And it wasn't people like you who listened to the anarchist world this week and who go the next step and help financially and physically, nothing would ever change. Nothing would ever change. And what we've seen in this country over the last 40 years is a triumph, a triumph of the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation brigade. A triumph. And about 10% of Australians have done exceptionally well. About another 60% are mired in debt, and we, people like me, and we stumble through each week. And then there's 30% of Australians who rely on Social Security benefits to survive. And that's the key word, survive. And we have a corporate-owned media and a government guild at ABC, which is struggles, struggles with providing an analysis, let alone an alternative. So what I've attempted to do through the Anarchist Institute over the last four... Well, the Anarchist Institute has only been in existence since 1986, but through the Libertarian Workers for a Self-Managed Society, which was the organisation which was started in 1977 by my late wife Ellen Jose and myself, an anarchist organisation, what we attempted to do and what we continue to attempt to do with the assistance of hundreds, if not thousands, of people across this nation is create circumstances, create events which and create organisations whose primary role is to improve people's lives and usher in fundamental, radical, egalitarian social change. Whether we succeeded or not, or whether we continue to succeed or not, is up, up to other people to uh, decide. It's not up to me. I've never been a big one on self-reflection. So I want to talk about a number of initiatives that we've got going, a number of balls in the air. And I was at a circus now, there are no animals you can relax. I was at a circus recently. I was interested to see how many balls the juggler could juggle. And guess what? We're juggling more balls than any juggler. Now, we have a number of major, major campaigns have been launched, or I should say unleashed on the public. And whether these campaigns gain any traction isn't dependent on me and my ability to spruik the reasons why should people become involved, but totally dependent on you picking up that ball. Because anarchism isn't about centralisation, it's about decentralisation. Now, a number of the things that we've got in motion 
Public interest before corporate interest. We're still struggling to get members who are on the electoral roll, and that's the key thing, on the electoral roll, to register public interest before corporate interest as a political party. And it's quite interesting about political parties because uh, with a federal election sometime next year or maybe later on this year, it's interesting to see that the major political parties have actually uh, have actually removed the power of the, frank, the rank and file to pre-select candidates for federal seats. The powerful Victorian Liberals Administrative Committee will be pre-selecting members directly. And the reason it's pre-selecting members and bypassing the Liberal Party membership is very simple because the Administrative Committee in Victoria has been taken over by ultra-conservative religious fundamentalists who are very interested in rolling back many of the gains that have been made by people like you and me over the last 40 years as far as social issues is concerned, not economic issues. We've never made any gains as far as economic issues are concerned, but as far as social issues are concerned. While on the other side, the Labor Party, the national executive will be directly choosing candidates for the next federal election. So what about public interest before corporate interest? As I said, membership has been slow. Let's be realistic. Let's be honest. We only have about 350 of our 800 members who are on the electoral roll. Obviously, we accept people who are not on the electoral roll as members because we're not just a political party. We are also a uh, social, not a social group, but social activists. And if you want to join public interest before corporate interest, you can always look at the website, pibsy.net, look at the Facebook page, or go to the, uh, you can go to the webpage, pibsy.net, and uh, download the application form and become a member. Or you can ring on 0439 395 489, and I'll send you out some application form. Membership is three. It is for three years. Very simple. Now, in August, Saturday the 18th of August, from 10.30 to 3.30, there'll be a public interest before corporate interest. Congress and members will receive material in the mail in the next few weeks. You should all receive it by the end of uh, July. But the next Congress will be on Saturday the 18th of August between 10.30am and 3.30pm at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church at 110 Grey Street in East Melbourne. And um, there are two sections to the Congress, apart from lunch. There's a section about Pipsy's latest initiative, Public Housing Everybody's Business, the 10-Day Rally on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House from midday the Wednesday the 14th of December to midday Saturday the 20th... Sorry, I got that wrong. Midday, Wednesday the 14th of November. November to to midnight, Saturday the 24th of November this year. Now, this rally is a public interest before corporate interest initiative and is designed to force electors and candidates to seriously 
consider the issue of public housing in the 10 days before the Victorian state election. Now, we welcome uh, observers at the Congress, but observers obviously don't have voting rights. Only members have voting rights. So if you want to vote, you want voting rights, you want to come to the Congress, you're interested in public interest before corporate interest, now is the time to join. Download pipsy.net. Also, the coordinating committee will be reporting back on their initiatives regarding uh, establishing concrete policies for public interest before corporate interest. They've been working very hard and they'll be presenting uh, the results of their work for discussion. And there'll be an open discussion after their presentation on on current policy proposals as well as an open discussion on any other policy initiatives that people are interested in. Now, obviously, observers... You know, oh, welcome to come and observe. Observers don't have the uh, a right to speak or vote. If you want to have a right to speak or vote, you need to be. It is a Pipsy Congress for members, but we do open that up to observers. Join, come along. Saturday, the eighteenth of August, ten thirty a.m. to three thirty p.m. And that brings us to another initiative. As I said expanding the Public Housing Everybody's Business Initiative, 10 days in November. Now, this is something that concerns all Australians, not just Victorians, but especially Victorians, because Victorians have the lowest rate of public housing in the country, and more importantly, both major political parties, the Liberal National Party and the uh, Labor Party, which is currently the uh, government in Victoria, are hell-bent on privatising what is left of the public housing sector. Now, the Victorian state election will be held on Saturday, the 24th of November. And it is dominated, it will be dominated by a law and order and infrastructure debate. I can build four freeways, well, I'll build five freeways, you know, and uh, see you on that, you know, it's like a poker game, an infrastructure poker game and a law and order poker game. But when it comes to real issues, nothing. Unfortunately, public housing isn't on the agenda of both the Victorian Liberal Party and the Liberal and the Liberal National Party and the, and the Victorian Labor Party government. Now, if we do not get a hung parliament in the Legislative Assembly in Victoria, public housing is finished in Victoria. And that means it'll be finished in New South Wales and other parts of the country where it's under extraordinary pressure. In order to ensure public housing is a significant issue at the Victorian state election, public interest before corporate interests have launched public housing, everybody's business Facebook page to keep you up to date on our initiative to hold a 10-day rally, 24 hours a day, from midday, Wednesday the 14th of November to midnight, Saturday the 24th of November, on the stops, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament. The slogan which will be 
using for the election. Hopefully, members of PIPSI will be standing as independents, as we're not a registered political party, at the Victorian state election and possibly the federal election. The slogan we'll be using for the Victorian state election is very simple. Use Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion plus per year, for public housing. House 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. Very simple. If you use stamp duty revenue in Victoria for public housing, you can house 1 million Victorians by 2029. An extra 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. And an extra 2 million Victorians by 2039. I mean, the campaign is focused on one issue, to bring the issue of public housing directly to the community's attention. And the 10-day rally will be supporting candidates for the Victorian Legislative Assembly and Legislative Council who support the extension of public housing in Victoria. Not just the protection, but the extension. Now, we need your practical support, like everything else, We can unleash a campaign, but without your practical support, we will get nowhere. So, if you're working, take your holidays from the 14th of November to the 24th of November. If you're not working, organise your life so you can spend a few hours or a few days or the whole 10 days with us on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House to bring the issue of public housing to the public's attention and to ensure that public housing becomes a significant community issue, significant electoral issue at the next state election. And don't forget, we are continuing to hold rallies on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. That's Defend and Extend Public Housing. And the next one is on Wednesday, the 25th of July, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. Now, if if public housing is an issue in where you live, whether it's the the Australian Capital Territory, the Northern Territory, the West Australia, South Australia, New South Wales, Tasmania, Queensland, well, you know what to do. You can set up an an organisation like Defend and Extend Public Housing. You can hold a 10-day rally on the steps of your local parliament. And if you run the ACT, you can do it at Canberra. Because if all the major political parties have washed their hands of the idea of public housing... And if you don't take it up, it will disappear. I can guarantee you, like the privatisation of the Commonwealth Bank and all the issues that have uh, resulted as that privatisation, like the privatisation of the airports in this country and all the issues that have arisen as a result of the privatisation of airports in this country, like the privatisation of the telecommunications, Telstra or Telecom as it used to be called, and all the issues that have occurred as a direct result of the privatisation of Telstra, like the privatisation of Medibank Private, and all the issues that have occurred, negative issues, I'm not talking about positive, negative issues that occurred as a result of the privatisation of Medibank Private, and the list goes on and on and on, like the privatisation of the Melbourne Port, the privatisation of the Darwin port, the privatisation of ports around this country and all the negative impacts of that privatisation, the privatisation of essential infrastructure like electricity and gas and all the horrible negative influences we see that occur as a result of the a unified 
unified uh, energy system being privatised and broken up into components to the private sector and how each component needs to make a profit at the expense of the community, at the expense of energy security. And those of you who still remember Tony, what's his name? I think he used to be a former Prime Minister in this country, crapping on about energy affordability will understand how divisive this issue has become within the Liberal National Party. And my apologies to the uh, thinking members of the Liberal National Party have to put up with that garbage. And the list goes on. Like the privatisation of nursing homes and all the negative issues. The privatisation of the titles office in Victoria. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Because if you have an economy which is dominated by the private sector, you see the results in the truncated Banking and Financial Sector Royal Commission, which is currently running its course. You see the results. Because every private or privately owned organisation in a capitalist society needs to make a profit. If it doesn't make a profit, it can't raise capital if it's listed on the stock exchange and if it doesn't make a profit and it's not listed on the stock exchange, it dies. So in order to make a profit, you need to do two things. You need one, you need to exploit your customers and clients. And two, if you've got a workforce, you need to exploit the workforce. And whether it's, you know, uh, all the so-called new technology companies which have sprung up, which are providing so-called services like, uh, you know, Uber taxis and Uber Eats and Uber whatever, just remember, they make their profit by turning their workers into subcontractors who have no rights. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept. Capitalism is very simple. You need to make a profit. So if you privatise the nursing home sector, you add an extra layer to the cake. Every time you privatise something, you add an extra layer because a dividend, a return, has to go back to the owners or shareholders. And the greater the dividend and the greater the return the greater the possibility of expansion because more and more people will invest in that corporation or company or business. That's the nature of the beast. That's what it's about. It's not about looking after the community's needs. It's not about looking after Australians' needs. It's not about looking after their customers' needs. It's not about looking after their workers' needs. It doesn't mean that all businesses work like that. And obviously there are many businesses that do look after their employees and customers. But in the significant majority of cases, the forces at work, as we saw with the so-called Australian Mutual Providence Society, AMP, which was demutualised in the 1980s, 
what you see is this drive to maximise profits, whether it's based on a bonus system for employees and a minimum salary plus a bonus system, whether it's based on the idea that you need to increase dividends to retirees who've been forced to invest in the private sector after they retire because of the privatisation of old age. That's right, the privatisation of old age through superannuation. So the list goes on and on and on and on. And obviously if you want radical change, even if you want reform, minor reform, like diverting $6 billion of of stamp duty revenue into public housing in Victoria, simple reform that needs a, a vote in both Legislative Assembly and Legislative Council, nothing, you don't need blood in the streets, you don't need a long campaign, a simple reform, bang, you house t- 1 million Victorians in 10 years. No, you go the other way, you privatise it, you add an extra layer to the cake. You add the creamy layer on top. So, think about it. Join Pipsy, come to the uh, Congress, come to the 10 days in November. Now, obviously, we've got a lot of other issues that we're running at the same time. Now, I'd like to remind people who are in Melbourne that uh, Friday the 6th of uh, July, there will be a commemoration held at the Brunswick Town Hall at 6pm, 6pm to 9pm, which is in uh, Sydney Road. Moreland, Brunswick Town Hall, at 6pm, which has been organised by the uh, West Papuan community to remember the Biak Massacre, where over 100 West Papuans were massacred in 1998 in Biak in West Papua. Uh, I think the entry fee is $15, which includes dinner and a bevy of interesting speakers. And while I'm speaking about that, don't forget that uh, we're always looking for members, new members, for the West Papuan Rent Collective. Uh, the West Papuan Rent Collective pays, the, which I'm the convener of. So I can assure you it's a rigidige organisation. We account for every cent that's donated. The West Papuan Rent Collective pays the rent on the West Papuan office, which is at uh, Suite 211838. Collins Street in Docklands and this office it's not just a focus for West Papua independence in Melbourne Victoria not just a focus in Australia but it's acting as an international hub for that increasingly important struggle for independence for West Papua so that's uh, Brunswick Town Hall 6pm Friday the uh, 6th of July 15 bucks includes dinner Get there early because six to seven is dinner, and then there are other speeches or talks, movies, you name it, it's all there. Okay, now another interesting project that I'm involved in, which I'm convener of, is the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee. Tuesday, the 16th of October, marks the 50th anniversary of the principled stand that Peter Norman, the Australian 200 metres silver medalist, took on the dais with Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the 68 Olympics, where he publicly, on the dais, supported their struggle 
for universal human rights. Each and every one of them paid a huge price for their defiance. Because in 1968, the world was a very different place to it is in 2018. Peter Norman died in 2009. And he was held in such high respect by Mr Smith and Mr Carlos. They came to Melbourne to attend his funeral. And that got his pallbearers and spoke at the funeral. When they returned back to the United States of America, they convinced the American Track and Field Association, which is which had Peter Norman as their personal guest at the Sydney Olympics in 2000, when the IOC forgot conveniently to invite him to the Sydney Olympics, to declare the 9th of October the day of his funeral as Peter Norman Day. And this year, once again, we'll be having a Peter Norman Day. Uh, which we will inform you about the location in the next month or two. But more importantly, on the 16th of October, we are having a I Will Stand With You Universal Human Rights 1968 to 2018 and Beyond Summit. Because... The issues they fought for are issues which are as relevant today as they were 50 years ago. The city of Melbourne, where Peter Norman was born, educated, taught and died, has changed radically in the last 50 years. Now, I've lived here for the last 41 years, or 42 years in the city of Melbourne, 41 42, sorry, 42 in the city of Melbourne. Radical changes. Not only has the population doubled, but what we have today is a multicultural society as we have in every, almost every capital city in this country and many regional centres. And the glue that holds together a multicultural city is human rights, universal human rights, respect and dignity. That is the glue that holds it together. And we can all be Peter Norman. We can all call it out. And the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee is holding this summit, to which there is three entry, at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church in Grace Street in Melbourne from 10am to 4pm. And we're looking for a list of interested speakers, interesting speakers, interesting keynote speakers. And I would be, we would be very uh, uh, grateful for suggestions, not only speakers, but entertainers. And you can email me at info at peternormancc.com, info at PeterNormanCC.com. We're also uh, struggling to have a major or significant interactive monument erected, not just to Peter Norman, the man, but more importantly to the ideas that Peter Norman supported in 1968 in the centre of Melbourne, in the soon-to-be-redeveloped and redesigned Melbourne 
City Square, which currently is undergoing major transformation as Metro Melbourne builds an underground railway station there. So put it in your diary. Tuesday the 16th of October 2018, three entry. Looking for interesting keynote speakers, so if you know any interesting keynote speakers, you can either email me at info at peternormancc.com or if you're not computer literate, don't worry, you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. There's no point ringing if I don't answer, if you don't leave a message. I need a message to respond to. Or you can send suggestions to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Okay. Let's move on. And those of you who are interested in... Well, we've got other things coming up. Always something coming up. You've always got the Wednesday Action Group in Melbourne. You've got the Francesco Fantine Memorial which will be held in Murchison on Sunday the 11th of November. And then obviously you've got the Eureka celebrations in Ballarat, which the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Committee has been holding since 2002. Uh, That go from 4am to 10pm with dinner down at the um, Crown Hotel. But we'll tell you more about that. But there are dates you can put into your diary. So there's always something happening. And that's what the Anarchist World this week is about. It's not just about giving you erudite or boring analysis of what's happening in the world today, but it's much more. It's about... It's about... Organising events, organising issues, reclaiming history, reclaiming our past, because there's nothing more important than reclaiming your past, because if you don't have a past, you don't have a present. You don't have a present, you don't have a future. It's that simple. All right, let's move on. A little bit more boring analysis, because sometimes we need a little bit of boring analysis to understand what's going on around us. Now, there are interesting that Nauru has banned the ABC from going to Nauru. I don't know why. I mean, the ABC is a shadow of its former self because it's been gelded by the Australian government, courtesy of the Institute of Private Affairs masquerading as the Institute of Public Affairs. But it's quite interesting that even a mildest reformist organisation, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, is seen as persona non grata in Nauru, which is basically a colony of Australia. Let's get this right. If it wasn't for the uh, asylum seekers' money, which is pouring into Nauru, the place would have been bankrupt years ago. But what I'm interested in is this concept of Universal human rights that Peter Norman reflected in his actions, where he had a choice. He could have supported them or not supported them. He made the decision to support them. He might not have understood the gravity of what would happen to him for the rest of his life as a a result of those few minutes on the dice. But he supported them. So, 
this concept of universal human rights is extraordinarily important. Extraordinarily important. It's not just... Because when you extend this to the asylum seekers, most of whom have been proven to be genuine refugees, in inverted commas, whatever a genuine refugee is, on Nauru and Manus Island, you begin to understand how little protection there is for people who find themselves in extraordinary circumstances. How little support. There's almost 3,000 people on Manus Island, Nauru, who've been languishing there for five years because they had the audacity to seek asylum, which is not a criminal offence. Had the audacity to be protest as genuine refugees. And the cruelty that has been demonstrated by successive federal governments regarding these individuals and these families is extraordinary. On Nauru, there are 40 children who have been born on Nauru whose parents are refugees. There's 154 children on Nauru. There are people on Nauru and Manus Island who have no future and no hope. And although we are bankrolling their incarceration on Manus Island and Nauru, we bankroll it, the taxpayer, billions of dollars every year, thinks over $3 billion every year, you know, to keep 3,000 people in prison. You could put them in the penthouse of the Hilton and get change from your money because we want an example we want an example as if we are happy to sacrifice human beings as an example I mean I'm not much of a religious scholar but didn't the Bible say the Christian Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, who knows which one, the Jewish Bible, the Christian Bible, the, the Old Testament, that you don't visit the sins of the father and the children? Isn't it the basis of any civilised law, civilised state, that you don't punish people who are not guilty of a criminal offence? What concerns me is the fact that there is no hope and no future. We'll be, we'll be saying the same thing in 10 years. And what's even more extraordinary, when a decade ago a case was taken to the High Court, the High Court clearly stated there was nothing in the Australian Constitution which prevented an individual to be indefinitely detained at Her Majesty's pleasure for no reason at all. And that's the weakness of our Constitution, that there are no human rights. So this summit on human rights on the 16th of October is exceptionally important and we encourage you to come.
and bring your friends. But more importantly, or just as importantly, if you know of an interesting person who you think should be speaking, a keynote speaker at this event, and obviously we've sent out invitations to the usual um, suspects, give us a ring on 0439395489. Or email us at info at peternormancc.com or write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Okay? Let's move on. Let's move on. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Tax is terrible, isn't it? We all say tax is terrible. What is tax? We've had a big tax debate, and we'll see whether our aspirational voters will vote for the Liberal National Party as a result of the big tax debate. It's been an extraordinary debate. Because tax is about redistributing wealth. It's not about creating wealth. It's about redistributing wealth. And in a country where there are no death duties and minimal taxation revenue comes in from outside the personal income tax field, it's important that we do have some type of taxation system which tends to redistribute wealth. So what a fantastic debate we've had in this country in the last two weeks. Hasn't it been fantastic? Fantastic. Those mealy mouth crossbenchers, including good old Senator Lionhorn or Lawhorn or whatever his name is, you know, mealy mouthed. I'd wash out his mouth with soap and water. If it was my mum, I had my mouth washed out for soap and water for that type of commentary. That's what we need, we need to do. Well, no, the Senate needs to do it, not us. They should wash out that senator's mouth with soap and water. Extraordinary signs. But getting back to tax. We've had legislation which has been passed which will allow somebody earning $200,000 a year, which is not an insignificant amount. What's that? Uh, $4,000 a week? 800 a day, that, that's a nice wage. I'd like to have that wage, 800 a day. Pay the same tax as somebody earning $800 a week. All right, so somebody earning $4,000 a week pays the same tax as somebody earning $800 a week. I love it. And all the crossbenchers, except one, I think, crossed the bench and said, Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. We are now in a period of the aspirational voter. The aspirational voter. Aspirational voter. 
you know, aspirational voter. So what are we supposed to aspire to? I was born in this country. What do I have to aspire to? What is an aspirational voter? An aspirational voter is somebody who wants to make more and more bucks for themselves and their family. Is this what we've been reduced to as a, as a nation? Is this what we've been reduced to? That we aspire to enrich ourselves at the expense of those around us? Is this what it is to be an Australian in the land of milk and honey, the land of opportunity, that we aspire to enrich ourselves and our families? Is this it? Is that it? Is that all there is? (laughs) I remember this song. Is that all there is? Is that it? Is that the purpose of human existence in the land of Oz? I've got tears running down my face, not because I'm crying, because I'm laughing. Shouldn't we aspire to a few other things? Maybe aspire to create a more egalitarian community? Maybe aspire to solve the housing crisis? Maybe aspire to resolve the Manus and Nauru Island impasse? And if you do live in Melbourne, there is a regular demonstration at the State Library at the corner of Swanson Street and I think it's Latrobe Street every Friday at 5.30pm for refugees. So there are people who care. But government's in opposition. Don't give a shit. So is this what we aspire to? Do we aspire to become rich and powerful? Do we aspire to destroy the taxation system so there is no redistribution of wealth? Do we aspire to let the corporate world, you know, do what they like because we refuse to pass regulations to regulate their behaviour when we know all they're interested in is making a buck? Look at their mission statements. Look at their mission statements. And all those of you who say, Oh, Joe, 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 we need them. We love them. We want them. They provide jobs. Well, there's other ways of creating jobs, boys and girls. You don't need corporate capitalism to create jobs. You can create jobs by creating cooperatives and collectives where you remove the investor. You remove the need to make a profit. Bingo. Simple. No big deal. But no, no. We need to continue headlong in the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation Melbourne Cup. It's the main game. It's the main race. Well, it's my job and your job to ensure that it is not the main race, that we aspire to more than lining our pockets. All right? We aspire to more. 
Well, if you don't, good luck. Because at the end of the day, you know something I learned a long time ago? It doesn't matter how many toys you have, you can't take it with you. So why don't you use it to assist people today? Radical concept. Now, look, I'm not into charity or philanthropy. I'm sick of charity and philanthropy. I'm not saying there isn't a role for it in a capitalist society, but I want to live in a society where we don't need charity and philanthropists. That's what anarchism is about. It's about creating that society where everybody has access to the decision-making processes and the wealth. It is the Commonwealth of Australia, isn't it? That's what it's about. The Commonwealth of Australia. Charity and philanthropy, Band-Aids. Band-Aids to stop the hemorrhaging. Band-Aids to stop the hemorrhaging. You want to stop, you want to stop homelessness? You want to stop the housing crisis? It's very simple. A strong public housing sector. You want to have a stable, secure financial and banking sector? You need a public banking sector, a public financial sector, to act in competition with the privately owned banks. You want a reasonable nursing home sector that looks after the increasing needs of the increasingly ageing population in Australia? You don't privatise the not-profit sector. What you do is you create a strong public nursing home sector and you've got competitions between the two sectors. Because when the state controls everything, you have problems, major problems. And when the private sector controls everything, you have major problems. So you need competition. So why shouldn't we have legislation in this country which assists the development, the creation of cooperatives and collectives which can act as a third economic arm in society whose major function is to provide good services to the population and to provide employment for people. One percent of the trillion dollars which is held in superannuation funds today, one percent lent to the cooperative and collective sector could see a burgeoning expansion, a booming collective and sector. So think about it. There are a lot of things you can think about, but I can think about all the things in the world. This morning I was thinking about this and that and this and that and this and that, and then I looked outside the window and I thought, hmm, I'd like the sun to be there, but it wasn't there, so I've just got to deal with what I've got. And it's the same when you look at society around you. You'd like this to happen, you'd like that to happen, but it's not there. It's not there. You've got to create it. So, further information, go to anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. You can go to pipsi, P-I-B-C-I, dot net. Facebook pages, look at. You can go to my own personal Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. You can go to the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee Facebook page. You can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page. You can go to the 
public housing, everybody's business Facebook page. And the list goes on. And you go to the Francesco Fantine Facebook page. There's so many Facebook pages you get. RSI going to all of them. But more importantly, look at the events that have been organised. Come and join us. Look at the events other people have organised. Come and join us. There's nothing like... There's nothing like feet in the streets, you know, to change things. Every major change that has occurred has been initiated by a small group who've convinced a majority to make it an issue. So join us today. Get active. Do things. Get out. doesn't matter where it's cold. Put on a coat. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Broadcasting across Australia. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Send the podcast to your favourite corporate giant. Send the podcast to the Anarchist World this week to your favourite politician. Send it to your enemies. Send it to your friends. It is a podcast. It's freely available. Just go to 3cr.org.au. Don't despair, I do answer letters. I don't get many these days, but send them to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And you can always uh, leave a pleasant message on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program has been streaming live via the studios of 3CR in Melbourne. The program is podcast. You can go to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au to pick up the podcast. As I said once again, I love letters. Ah, we need stamps. We need $1 stamps. I need as many as possible. Another 700 Post them now to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And don't forget, if you've got spare change in your pocket, send it to the Free CR Radio Fund. Give them a ring, 039-419-8377 or donate at 3cr.org.au or more or join the West Papuan Wren Collective and change the course of history. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast courtesy of the Community Radio Network across Australia, streaming live on the World Wide Web. My name's Joseph Toscano. I hopefully will be broadcasting next week. Well, you never know what happens in the good fight for life. You never know. So listen in to The Anarchist World this week, next week, on your local community radio station. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.